So, we've been on the Kingdom series, right? And how many of you are enjoying the Kingdom series? It's, it's really radically transforming your reality. I don't know about you, but I can say that for myself. Okay? It is definitely transforming my reality, right? My reality of how I see things, my reality of, uh, of every dimension of my life, right? It's changing. Uh, you know, last night when I was praying, God reminded me of five dimensions of our lives that are very important, okay? Five dimensions. I don't know if there are more, but so far I know there is these dimensions. The first one is spiritual, of course. A spiritual dimension, which is your relationship with Jesus, your relationship with the triune God, right? The second one is your emotional life, okay? Which is, uh, it, it also inv involves intellect, but at the same time, your emotions, your mind, your heart, right? The soul realm, that's the second one. Third one is the physical, physical dimension, which we usually don't talk about. But do you know that God is interested in your physical health? Because if your physical health is bad, your, your spirit can only operate as much as your physical structure allows it to. There's a certain point uh, beyond if the physical body deteriorates, the law is that the spirit has to leave. You're getting me? Right? So your physical body's health is God's priority too. Because he does everything through his spirit, but the spirit needs the body. Without a body, a spirit cannot function on the earth. Okay? So physical body is very important. The fourth one is finances, right? which is mostly a concern, finances. The fifth one is relationships. Okay? What are the five ones? The first one is spiritual, emotional, physical, finances and relational relationships, okay? Uh, I don't know why I'm sharing this, but I think this is going to help you. In the kingdom, if, if you know, uh, you know, there are currencies in every kingdom, right? So there's currency in United States, and it's USD, U United States dollars, right? What do you call it? Dollars, right? US dollars. Uh, then in, in India, it's rupees. In the kingdom, there are also many different currencies. Money is the least of all the currencies that is there in the kingdom. In the kingdom, what holds the highest preference is relationships. Okay, There are different currencies, which, which I'll talk to you about maybe sometime in a different teaching. But I want to tell you, relationships holds the highest currencies. Because think about it. At the end of the day, all that you have is these relationships that we share in Christ. And that's a privilege. All that we have is the relationships that we share in, in uh, Christ. I just want to begin by saying, relationships, please understand, relationships are so important. So don't take any relationship lightly, okay? Uh, yes, the person might have hurt you. The person might have abused you. You have to learn over time to use wisdom to, you know, have healthy boundaries so that you can love from distance, honor from distance. I was telling somebody, you know, certain people in your life, you can only love them from a distance and it's okay because you realize you're human too. But to have bitterness, to have hatred, to have, uh, you know, complaints all the time, that's not good for you. That is not where God wants you, right? Uh, and that is why we have the body of Christ. That is why the beauty is, as we're talking about honor, we, when we honor God, we honor his church. It's like this, okay? When, if you've invited me to your house, I am going to take it for granted that you've invited my wife as well. 
And when I step into your house, if you honor me and if you don't honor my wife, I will consider that as dishonor. So when you honor Christ, and if you dishonor the bride of Christ, you're actually dishonoring Christ. So I want, to take, I want you to take this moment seriously that when Sunday we come together, yes, we come together to honor God and to receive his word. Yes, absolutely, yes. But we also come here to honor his bride because there is something powerful that is released when you honor his bride as well. Okay, so we are on the kingdom series and all that we are talking about is the message of Jesus was change your mind for the kingdom of God is at hand. In fact, I think the message now can be change your mind for the kingdom of God is within you. It's within you. It's just within you. Just change your mind. If you can change your mind, if you can change your mind about God, if you can change your mind about yourself, if you can change your mind about the worldview, the kingdom of God can take preeminence and the kingdom of God can come in such full force in your life that it can change your atmosphere, it can change your reality, it can change your perception, it can change every dimension that we were talking about. That's the kingdom. But today I want to again talk to you about honor. Okay, Again, I want to talk to you about honor. Remember last week I said from Hosea 4 verse 6, my people are destroyed due to lack of knowledge okay it's lack of knowledge and i i was telling you how there are different keys in the kingdom no matter how big the door is the key is small okay and that small key is enough to unlock the doors of different dimensions of the kingdom for you so we need the we need all the keys okay i was learning this week uh, actually in fact a couple of days i've been learning this do you know what is better than the truth I thought, when I heard that, I was listening to someone who said, Who's, what is better than the truth? Do you know what is better than the truth? I was like, what is he saying? Jesus said, I am the truth. What can be better than Jesus, right? That's what you're thinking. But then he said, what's better than the truth is the whole truth. And think about it. What you and me know about Jesus maybe is not whole. And if you get to know the whole truth of Jesus, my goodness, the kind of revelation and the kind of breakthrough we can have in our lives. That's why we need the whole counsel of God. You know, when the devil, when the devil is not able to make you fall by giving you a lie, when he realizes, you know what, this person is not going to fall because he has learned to discern my lies, what he will do is he will take you to an extreme of one dimension of the truth. Because by taking you to one dimension of the truth, you neglect the other parts and you are like, everybody else is wrong. And that also leads to error. Because what the end, at the end of the day, what the devil wants is for you to perish. And when I talk about perishing, I'm not talking about hell. I'm not talking about uh, lake of fire. By perishing is, I'm talking about not able to achieve your God-given destiny when you are alive on this earth. I'm talking about that. Because let me tell you, the devil wants you to get to heaven sooner. He wants you to get to heaven sooner. Because if you get to heaven sooner, his work can progress. right? And God's work is delayed. So there's a purpose of God over your life. And the devil will make sure, the devil is adamant for that purpose not to be fulfilled. Amen? See, if your purpose is not fulfilled, yes, there will be someone else. True. 
but to fulfill my God-given purpose is my privilege, is my honor, and I want to do that. And I believe so do you. Okay, so the keys, what are these keys? These keys are knowledge of God. Say with me, knowledge of God. But the thing is, knowledge, just having knowledge is not enough. With knowledge, you need understanding. Let me explain. All of us know that we need to pray. But do we know how to pray? So knowledge tells you what you should do. It's understanding that tells you how you should do it. So without understanding, if you just have knowledge, it will just puff you up. But it will show no result in your life. But with understanding, you will know how to apply that knowledge in your life. So you know you have to be generous. But do you know how? You know uh, you have to, for example, let me see the examples. You know you have to meditate, but do you know how? Tell me how many of you over here, be sincere. You've been listening to God's word night and day, night and day, night and day, but you don't see the fruit that you want to see. Why? Because with knowledge, you need understanding that tells you how to do it. How to do it. Okay, so I'm going to talk to you about honor. The main point today is honor, when you honor God and when you honor his people, honor gives you the understanding to draw from the fullness of God. Not partial, not 50%, not 20%. It gives you the understanding to draw from the Fullness of God. Last week I was telling you how honor gives you access to God's blessing. And it is true. It, it will give you access. It will open the doors and God's blessings are you know, right there for you. But how do you access them? How do you draw from it so that it becomes practical in your life? So that those spiritual blessings are translated into physical blessings. How can that happen? That is brought by understanding. That's why Solomon says, you know, in Proverbs 4 verse 7, the beginning of wisdom is this. Listen to this. He's saying, the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, but above all, get understanding. What he's trying to say is get wisdom, but above all riches, above all that we are trying to pursue, get understanding. The Bible says like this, God gives understanding to the simple. When I read that verse, I was like, this is the problem with my church. My people are not simple. We are so complicated. <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. But I just want to share with you how honor, when you honor God, when you honor his people, it brings understanding. It brings understanding. And understanding tells you how to do it. Knowledge tells you what to do it. Understanding tells you how to do it. Okay, so... Let me give you an example of Solomon. So Solomon, he just became king. His father was King David. And Solomon just became king. When he became king, he was so thankful to God that he burnt thousand offerings that one day. He did like thousand sacrifices on one day when he became the king. Why? Because he was honoring God. Okay? Now what happens is that night when he's sleeping, he has a dream. And in the dream, God comes to him and tells him, what do you want, Solomon? I hardly see in the Bible God coming to anybody and asking that, what do you want? Could it be because God saw his heart, his heart of honor, right? His heart of honor opened access for God to come into his life and say, Solomon, what do you want? Tell me what do you want. I, I want you to read his response, okay? 
It's 1 Kings 3 verse 9. But before he reads that response, let me tell you, he does not, you know, there, there was no inch of pride in what he, how he responded, in how he responded. There was no inch of pride. You know how he said, he said, Lord, you made me the king, but I'm just a child. That's how he begins it. And when I'm talking about that he addressed himself as a child, he's not really a child in, in the sense of age. You know, he's just talking about, I am a king, but I'm just humbling myself as a child because I'm here to learn. And then verse 9, 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 9, give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people. I thought what Solomon asked was for wisdom. He did not ask wisdom. I thought what Solomon asked was wisdom because we, we, we always proclaim that he was the wisest king. But he did not ask wisdom. He asked, Lord, give me an understanding to lead your people. See, look at, look at the details. Not saying my people, I'm the king, my people, my nation. No, he said, give me understanding to lead your people. Solomon was so honorable. He was honoring God so much. He's asking, God, I want understanding so that I can represent you well. I can represent you well. And you know what was, what was God's response? God gave him a blank check. Write whatever you want. Because I don't think anybody... Anybody has asked that from the Lord. You know, see, see the response of God, okay? First Kings chapter 3, verse 11 to 14. And God said to him, because you have asked this, because you have asked this, this is like major, and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. Behold, I now do according to your word. Because you did not ask for these things, but you asked for understanding. And that was to honor me, to represent me as I am. You know what? I'll do according to what you said. Behold, I will give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you has been before you and none like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked. So good. What a deal. And then he says, both riches and honor. Do you know why it says both riches and honor? Because sometimes riches also come with shame. When you see God's blessing, there is no curse and no conditions applied. God's blessings do not have conditions applied. But when you seek those blessings, which is, you know, in an illegal manner, there's shame. There's other stuff applied to it. Okay, so let's not pursue these blessings. Let's pursue God and these blessings will follow. Okay, what he says, I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. And if you will walk in my ways. See, he gave riches and honor. He gave understanding just like that. But then he says, there's a condition here. And if you walk in my ways, keep my statutes, keeping my statutes and my commandments as your father David. What is he saying? If you keep honoring me for the rest of your life, what will he do? Then I will lengthen your days. You know what's the key to a good, healthy life? Long life. You keep honoring God, your life will be lengthened. You know, in the Bible, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, he says, Honor your father and mother, for this is the only commandment that comes with the promise that you will live long. Honor 
brings length of days. But that's not the message, okay? Let's come back to Solomon. There's this Queen Sheba. She hears about Solomon. And she comes to him. She's like intrigued and curious. And she comes to Solomon. And she wants to know who this guy is. And then she keeps asking him questions just to, you know, test him. And Solomon exceeds her expectation. And the Bible says that Queen Sheba gave him so many gifts, so many expensive gifts. And Solomon, in return, gave her all that she desired. When Queen Sheba, see, I'm, I'm just talking about how this replicates. When Queen Sheba, when she came and she honored Solomon with all that she had, King Solomon in return, gave her all that she desired. That's exactly what it says. All that she desired. That's what honor does. It's infectious. You know, Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a yeast that can infect the entire dough. It's like a yeast. Do you know that you're infectious? Your honor is infectious. Your attitude is infectious. And that's why God is... God is wanting to reveal more of his presence through you and me. You know, the other day, when, when I was listening to God's word, the spirit was convicting in me that, you know, when people say, where is God? Can I see God? God was convicting in me. You know, he wants to reveal himself through us. He wants to reveal himself through us so that people won't say, where is God? When they see you and me, they'll be like Nicodemus who came to Jesus and say, the works that you do, the works that you do, no man can do unless God is with him. I, I'm just saying this. I think God wants to be seen through you and me. And it's the greatest privilege that we have. So what does honor do? Honor gives you the understanding to draw from the fullness of God. Now, I wanted to show, show you an example from the New Testament, from the life of Jesus. Come with me to Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Philippians 2, verse 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant that, than yourselves. So Paul is saying, be humble. When you see others, when you treat others, treat them more significant than yourselves. So honor and humility, they go side by side. Right? Then he says, he takes the example of Jesus. So verse 5, have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, listen to this, he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Meaning, even though he was in the form of God, he did not take that as his, to his advantage. He did not use that privilege. But listen, but emptied himself. What did Jesus do? He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant or a slave, being born in the likeness of men. See, when Jesus, he became flesh, he came in the form of sinful Adam. He was not sinful, but he came in the form of sinful Adam, meaning only, that, only when that Jesus dies, that last Adam dies, can we all become in the image of Christ. So that had to get over. That's why Jesus has to die. So he had to come in the form of that sinful man. Even though he was not sinful, he limited himself. Because man in himself is glorious. 
when adam was created he was created glorious but adam fell and then there was that sinful sinful that you know that limiting feature in him and jesus came in that he did not even came as a glorious adam let me let me tell you that he came as a sinful adam again it does not mean that he was sinful i'm just saying that he was limited he limited himself purposely so that even in that limitation he could show you how to live life okay now what does he do therefore he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross therefore god has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that jesus christ is lord to the glory of god the father god exalted him why because jesus humbled himself i'm showing you something okay this 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 is there's a connection between humility and honor before jesus comes to john the baptist do you see any mention of heaven opening up and saying and declaring the divinity of jesus do you see that in fact the bible says that jesus submitted himself to his parents he was under his parents he worked under his father right so he was submissive he was honorable he actually emptied himself of his divinity he did not take that advantage when he came in the form of a man and he comes to john the baptist and says baptize me and john the baptist says hey i'm not even worthy to tie your shoelaces and jesus says listen to what jesus says jesus answered let it be so now for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness he saying i have to submit to you why to fulfill all righteousness this is meant to me jesus honored john the baptist do you see that when jesus honored john the baptist heavens opened beloved this is my son in whom i am well pleased and the ministry of jesus begins from there he had to honor the last prophet of the old covenant to start his ministry see how much honor plays a role he emptied himself of his divinity he emptied himself of his divinity completely he lived as a human think of that i mean i can't imagine now now see what happens in mark chapter 6 you know he's performing miracles he's preaching he's teaching and people are getting amazed man what wisdom what teaching is this this is amazing but do you know what they immediately get, get offended Do you know why they get offended? Because they're like, isn't this Joseph's son? Aren't aren't his brothers James and you know the other guys because I know one brother is James, don't know the other person's name. Aren't, don't we know his brothers? Don't we know his parents? This fellow they got offended. See they discerned that there was something supernatural about this person. They discerned there was something divine about this person, but because they were familiar with his circumstances they immediately get offended they got offended and you know what what does the bible says come with me to mark chapter 6 let me read that for you mark chapter 6 was 2 to 6 and on the sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were astonished saying where did this man get these things what is the wisdom given to him how are such mighty works done by his hand 
Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Now you know what happened when, you, when they got offended? Look at this. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. And he could do no mighty work. Jesus could not do any mighty work. Let's go ahead. Except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled. There are very few times in the Bible where Jesus actually marvels. And this time he marvels for somebody's unbelief. He marveled because of their unbelief. He marveled. If you get offended by Jesus, I'm, I'm talking about then, but now because he can, he's operated as the exalted Christ, yeah, even if you get offended, yeah, he'll work through. It's a different case. But then, he emptied himself of his divinity. All that divine that was flowing was flowing because when people honored him, there was that divine connection was flowing through him. Honor brings in understanding to draw the fullness of God. The people around you, Okay, it's very easy to get familiar and discard them. It's very easy. It's easy to respect people whom you don't know. It's easy to honor people whom you see online and on YouTube. It's easier to be familiarized and not honor the people who are with you. But if you can see the divine gifts of God in them, and like Paul says, I do not take any confidence in the flesh. If you can see beyond the flesh and see that divine calling of God, you see the divine gifting working in them, you will be able to draw things from their life that they probably were not willing to even release. You know how Elisha, the prophet, he died? He died of sickness. But there is a story that they, they, they were, the Israelites, after some time, they were going to bury a dead body. But they saw some raiders, so they just threw the dead body and ran. And that dead body, coincidentally, touched the bones of Elisha and that person became alive. Elisha probably died himself of sick, sickness, but there was a different power of God even after his death. Please understand what I'm trying to tell you. When you see people around you who are imperfect, because somehow, somehow we have put a condition on ourselves that I will on, only honor them if they are perfect. But I'm saying if you don't put confidence in their flesh and if you can look at the divine calling of God upon their life, if you can look, on, look at the grace of God that is being activated in their lives, so even if there are things that is happening in the natural, you are going to draw so much blessings from their lives. Guys, I don't want you to see a man of God or a woman of God, and I'm not just talking about pastors here. I'm talking about children of God. I don't want you to see any children of God and complain and say, you know what, look at their children. They are so unruly. Look at them. They are so indisciplined and they want to teach me. Don't do that ever. Instead, you always have the option to honor them and say, hey, I think they are having a tough time with their children. I think they are having a tough time with their finances. I think they are having a tough time with their parents. We always have a choice to honor in spite of what we see in the natural. And when you honor, you see that you, you have an understanding to draw from their life. To draw from the fullness of God that is in their life. Anything that, 
I'm talking about anything. You see somebody who's excelling in finances, somebody who's excelling in budgeting, somebody who's excelling in just forgiving people. Go honor them in spite of what you see in the natural. Don't put confidence in the flesh. Their flesh might have hurt you. Their flesh might have said stuff about you. But if you see a divine gift working in them, go honor them. Be humble and honor them because as you honor them, it will give you an understanding to draw from their life. It will give you an understanding. How, how, how do I draw understanding to become a businessman? I go and honor businessmen. How do I get an understanding to become a better preacher or a better pastor? I honor pastors and preachers. Please understand, whatever you need in your life, where you are struggling, you will find people in the body of Christ from whom you can draw from. Honor, honor gives you the understanding. Go to them, leave all, leave all this pride. Go to them and say, I want to learn. How did you do this? Teach me. How do you do this? Teach me, teach me. And if they just tell you something, just don't be content with that information. Go after. Practice that. Apply that in your life. And if you don't see that happening, go back and pursue them and honor them. And again, you ask them, teach me. I want to learn this. I will not leave you. Like Jacob said to the angel, you know, I will not leave you until you bless me. You can be like that to the children of God. That is how the church will grow in wholesome. Because where I am lacking, probably Joel is growing. Where Joel is lacking, probably Sarah is growing. You know, where Sarah is lacking, probably Betty is growing. If we can come together and we honor each other. Man, the grace of God that is deposited in each one of our lives, my goodness, the kind of power and wholesome and maturity it can flow into. That's why the devil wants to keep us offended. He wants to keep us offended. That's why there's so much of bickering that happens within the churches. That's why there's so much of complaint that happens within the churches. Gossips that happens within the churches. Because it's the tactics of the devil to bring in division. Please understand this. That's why as you honor God, as you honor God, honor his people. See, when you look into the mirror, what do you see? You see yourself. Right? When you see yourself, do you, do you appreciate how you look? When you appreciate how you look, do you also appreciate the mirror? It just happens automatically. So when you look at one another, see the image of God in them and talk to them like that. You have no idea the kind of harm you're doing by dishonoring one another. So Jesus goes to Samaria. And the Bible says, by the time they reach Samaria, Jesus is tired. He is tired. He sits beside a well. He is tired when his disciples go fetching food. And there's the Samaritan woman that comes to meet Jesus. Now, you know the story. But I'm going to take out specifics. Okay? Read with me. John chapter 4, verse 10. This is Jesus having a conversation with the Samaritan woman. And Jesus says, if you knew the gift of God, you know the reason why we don't honor each other? Because it's because we don't know. We don't know the gift of God in each other. We don't understand the value that the Lord has deposited into their lives. Jesus is saying, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Honor starts with discernment. You have to discern the value that the Lord has put in their lives. Starts with discernment. Now see, verse 19. This is after a considerable conversation. Verse 19. The woman says, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Finally, 
finally she perceives that he's a prophet but see now things begin to change things begin to change so much that she's so impacted by the ministry of Jesus that her life is transformed just like that it does not take weeks it does not take months it does not take years it's just one encounter with Jesus that she is able to draw out the divinity from him Jesus emptied his divinity he did not have divinity in him but there was a spiritual connection that Jesus and the father had that she was able to draw out because of her honor she discerned he's not he's not just a common man he there's something divine about him i don't want to end there the disciples come back right why did they go they went to fetch food now they come back and they say rabbi eat but jesus says i have food to eat that you do not know about jesus was hungry i told you at the very beginning he was tired before he was talking to this woman but when she honored him and when she pulled the divinity out of him and when she was blessed jesus was also blessed he was also filled and he's like you have no idea of the food that's what he said you know that's what jesus said i do not come to be served i come to serve because whenever jesus serves he is full he is blessed he is overflowing so let him serve you and as he serves you let you 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 remind yourself that i am also called to be served just like him if you get burnt out go back and let him serve you but then serve again then go back let him serve you see what jesus says in john 434 he says jesus said to them my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work my food is this i'm talking about there's a reality there's a reality where your physical and your spiritual can be so intertwined that just doing the will of god just honoring god and doing his purposes can fill you Jesus was not kidding he was not just talking about spiritual food when he said man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of god i think there's a reality that exists for each and every one of us that's why fasting is important where you say hey body shut up i am going to train myself to live only by the word of god before i started fasting i thought it was okay you know what fasting can be different you can fast from social media you can fast from this but since i've started fasting you know i realized there's a very deep connection with food and your flesh there's a very deep connection we just don't want to acknowledge it try fasting for a day and then you will find how irritated how angry you are there's a deep connection jesus says my food is to do the will of the father there's something in about doing the will of the father that fills him and his will is to serve you and me honor 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 can pull honor can give you the understanding to draw from the fullness of god every time honor honor and humility they all obviously go together so i'm going to say honor and humility they will give you the understanding to draw from the fullness of god in spite how in, you know in spite of what the credibility of that messenger is doesn't matter if you honor god you will be able to pull out from the fullness of god let me end with this example final story jesus is always walking and one fine day he goes to lazarus his friend and he meets his sisters mary and martha who welcome him and the bible says martha you know the 
the good host that she is, she gets all worked out, right? Worked up, right? And then she goes to the kitchen, cooks, and she's making stuff. And then she sees her sister is sitting at the feet of Jesus. And she gets really upset because she is doing all the work, right? You ask Betty. She, she knows the feeling. But Martha is really upset. So she comes to Jesus and he says, can you tell Mary to help me? Do you know what was Jesus' response? Jesus said, Martha, one thing is needful and Mary is doing it. Do you know what? Do you know why there was a different responses from the both sisters, even though they were from the same house? You know why? I think the moment Jesus stepped in, Martha discerned that he is tired. He's walked all the way. He probably needs food. She saw the humanity of Jesus. But Mary saw the divinity of Jesus. And she's like, ha, 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 this is my day. This is the day of my salvation. This is the day when I am going to get delivered. So I am going to use it for my best advantage. Her honor drew from Jesus. Just before Jesus goes to the cross, he takes, takes off his outer garments and starts washing the feet of his disciples. And Peter, the good Christian that he is, he's like, Jesus, don't wash my feet. And Jesus said, if you don't allow me to wash you, you have no part in me. And then later on he says, you don't, you, you probably do not understand this right now, but you will understand one day. And then he says, like I did, wash your feet, go and do therefore. See, it's not necessarily the washing of the feet. Please understand that. It's talking about honor and humility. Like I was humble and I honored you, do that. Continue doing that. Give me one more. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, when he is ascending to heaven, he tells his disciples, don't leave Jerusalem. Stay in Jerusalem till the gift of God comes to you. You know what's the interesting thing? Jesus never told them how many days it would be, how many days it would take, how many days they had to wait there. And I think they would have waited for days and months if it had to be. You know why? Because they honored Jesus, they honored his word. And when you honor his word, there's an understanding that comes within you that is not critical. That understanding that comes within you is not logical. That understanding that comes within you, it comes by faith. And you trust him. Yeah, Jesus said, wait, I'll wait. I don't know for how long. Maybe 10 days, maybe 15 days, maybe 20 days. But, but because he said, wait, I will wait. I am going to wait for the gift of God to come. And I'm saying, how many promises has God released over your life? And you're, you're tired of waiting. You're tired of waiting. And you're asking God, God, give me, a, give me a definite plan. Give me a deadline. God does not work on your timetable. Sorry, I'm so sorry to tell you. He's not in a rush. He is in the process of acceleration and he can accelerate your life just like that, but he's in, not in the moment of rush. He does not like being hurried. So when he says, I will do this, trust him, he will do it. Wait. Why do you wait? Because you honor him. You honor him. That brings an understanding. That brings an understanding telling, hey, shut your logical mind off. He said, wait, you wait. Why? Because you honor him. Honor brings an understanding, guys. And that understanding draws from the fullness of God. May God bless you. Come on, let's just pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this word.
Father, we just pray that this will not just be another message, that we move on. This will just stay with us. And I pray that you will give us the understanding on how to, on how to water the seed, on how to cultivate the seed so that we can see the fruit of this honor. Teach us to be honorable. Teach us to honor one another. Teach us humility so that we, could, we can treat each other more significant than ourselves. Thank you for blessing our hearts. Father, I just take this moment just to say thank you for honoring us. For honoring us through the person of Jesus. For honoring us by giving the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for honoring us. Thank you for honoring us right now by being here in our midst. Thank you, Jesus. Teach us to honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.